0: Songhe on the viewpoint. Good evening, Mobizita. You replace one with the other, and things are promised to be in the better. But it seems like the Zimbabwean experience two, three years on is anything but your thoughts, please. Zimbabwean lives matter. What is this all about?
1: Thank you so much. Uh, firstly, thank you for having us on the show. Uh, we do appreciate such forms of solidarity. And airplay coming from our friends in the region, uh, indeed Zimbabwean lives do matter uh, in the context of an ever-failing state pursuant to the military coup that removed longtime leader Robert Mugabe on the 17th of November in the year 2017. I think this country, uh, if all evidence points to the fact that the socio-economic and political crisis. Is that deepened three years after the toppling of uh, Mr Mugabe, who led Zimbabwe for 37 years. So the call, uh, the hashtag #Zimbabwe, that is trending on various social media platforms, pointing to the fact that Zimbabwean lives matter is the realization of the fact that dictatorial tendencies that we are witnessing in the Zimbabwean state not extending. The fact that we have a justiciable constitution with a justiciable bill of rights that provides for, among other things, in section 58 and 59, the right to assembly and the right for every Zimbabwean to protest peacefully and in accordance with the laws and dictates of the statutes of the state. But what we are seeing in the midst of a pandemic is the further deterioration and throttling of civic and political space. Hence, Most activists are in hiding. Most opposition political party officials are in hiding. And journalists are under attack, as you are aware, or as you might be aware. And what most of your listeners might want to know is that the journalist was exposed in corruption within the Zimbabwean government in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic and how the government has been responding or handling the crisis. Hope Oshimono has been in Harare Riman prison for the past uh, two weeks for the simple fact that he was exercising his rights as a journalist, has provided for a claw in the Constitution of Zimbabwe, Section 61, to provide information, to disseminate information, to share information. So this is the, the Zimbabwean state now, and most people thought that with the demise of Mr. Mugabe, maybe there was going to be genuinely shared uh, economic, political, and social development. However, all evidence and indicators point
2: to the negative.
0: In relation to E.D. himself, he was always in the ZANU-PF. He was, for the latter part certainly of Mugabe's presidency, his second in command. Some have, of course, said this is not particularly new because E.D. was quite, well, quite notorious for what happened in Matabele land in the early 80s to the 90s in relation to effectively the culling of the Matebele people of Zimbabwe. This is essentially him coming full circle to what he has always been to the people of Zimbabwe. What would your thoughts be to that?
1: Indeed, uh, but um, the understanding or the belief that the people of Zimbabwe, and to some extent the international community had was that after the events uh, of November 2017, the, the people of Zimbabwe were going to be given an opportunity to have a soft landing in the form of a transitional system, headed, of course, by Mr. Munangagwa and members of the security establishment that it brought into power. The expectation was there was some, some going to be a modicum of change in respect of which uh, institutions of the state would be respected, in respect of which the constitution of the land to which Mr. Munangagwa himself swore that he would uphold and defend at all material moments, would be would, would would be would be enforced and respected. However, as you said, it was just a, a scenario of changing the head of the state and not necessarily the system uh, and the institutions of governance or the architecture that sustained uh the, the dictatorship that Mr. Mugabe presented over for three decades. So it has been a perpetual continuation of the very same uh, old system. And it's rather unfortunate that there was a golden opportunity Uh, for President Mnangagwa to rally Zimbabwe around a commonly shared national vision. And maybe three years Mm -hmm. on the line would have been speaking of a difference. However, uh, it's it's, it's rather unfortunate. And most Zimbabweans had given him the benefit of the doubt when he had said that Zimbabwe is open for business, for example. When he had said that he's a listening president, for example. When he had said that uh, he's a consultative president, for example. When you had said that the Zimbabwe Anti-Corruption Commission will be allowed to work independently and prosecute all corrupt uh, activities or people, regardless of their political justice, their standing in society, for example. But the, as I indicated earlier on, uh, in politics, you what we have learned in Zimbabwe is that whatever politicians say, you must take it with a pinch of salt. They can indicate right and turn left and what we have now is a complete dislocation of the social fabric, a complete dislocation of the social contract, because no one trusts anyone. The government in does not trust the citizens, and the citizens in particular do not trust the government, because Zimbabweans feel betrayed, Zimbabweans feel used uh, when they participated uh, in the removal of Mr. Mugabe in what was after all a, a military coup. Um, Mr.
3: Mlabo, so, my side, I'd like to know from you of, of of the things that you've highlighted that were not implemented. What do you see as the failures um, that that have that prevented the, all those transformational things, all those transformational um, uh, the, the transformational things that you your people called for during the time of Mugabe's um, stepping aside?
1: So I didn't get your question quite quite clearly.
3: Okay, no, I'm asking around if you can highlight for us the kind of failures that, that you, you, you experienced as a country that prevented the implementation of, of everything that you had been promised um, after Mr. Mugabe stepped aside as the president.
1: Well, in terms of what you expected to change as a people after the fall of Mr. Mugabe,
3: Yes, so you, you've highlighted for us the number of, of proposals that were on the table, mm. but you're also highlighting mm-hmm. how those have not been implemented and how those have not happened. And so I'm interested in hearing your views on what you understand to have been the, the, the failure um, of, towards the implementation of those promises.
1: Oh, thank you, So now I get you clearly. You know, the failure, the, the
3: absence of, of the requisite political will
1: to, to, to walk the talk so when they came in, what in what they called the new dispensation or the second republic, they were clear on, 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 on their objectives of how they were going to transformatively transformatively lead Zimbabwe from from economic economic mess, political mess, social dislocation to a renewed state to what they called uh, uh, having Zimbabwe becoming an upper middle income economy. By the year 2030, 20, they shared uh, what they, they are calling the vision 2030. But what has been the strategic uh, impediment to the full realization of what was promised to the people after the events of November 17, 2017, is the absence of the necessary political will. number one, to make sure that, for example, Parliament, which is supposed to be an independent institution, functions independently outside the wings, or the capture of the executive uh, arm of the state. Number two, that the institutions of the state, like the judiciary, for example, are totally independent from, from, from executive encroachment. But what we have witnessed, actually, for example, when you look, when, when look at the role of parliament, it has been completely emasculated for the past three years by, by, by mm-hmm. the executive. This country is being run on statutory instruments not being run by by, by, parliament, is not passing laws. Mm -hmm. The executives, through ministers, are issuing statutory instruments to govern Zimbabwe. Since uh, November 2017, we have had over 200 statutory instruments. And I don't think there's any normal country in the world that can be run by decree, any normal country in the world that can be run by statutory instruments. When we have a parliament whose authority to to, to make laws is derived from the people of Zimbabwe, is explained in, in, in section 219, uh, if I'm not mistaken, of the Zimbabwean constitution. Number two, on the economic front, they, they were promising to as it were, have a complete departure from uh, open courts, uh, the nationalist ideology, close courts of, of, of former president um, Mr. Mugabe. But, and, and they were talking about liberalizing the economy, financializing the economy, and stabilizing the economy. Hence, they hired uh, the former head of the Africa Development Bank to be the Minister of Finance and Economic Development, Professor Wills, who was also lecturing at the University of Oxford in the Economics Department. But when he came in, what he actually saw was the introduction of of, 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 of regressive tax system in the form of taxing 2% on every mobile money transaction, whereas 87% of Dublin use that platform. So it has been economics that has been unfavorable for the elite at the expense of the poor. Number two, you look at laws that were in place under Mr. Mugabe that we, we consider the president, that we still consider the president, the, the public order and security act. They have renamed it to the maintenance of order and public security, but nothing has changed in terms of its content, in terms of its implementation. So if you want to demonstrate in this country, you need political areas and if you are from the opposition or from civic society, or if you are perceived to be an opponent of, of the ruling establishment, police will, the Zimbabwe Republic police will give you the opportunity to exercise your rights as provided for in the Constitution. Number three, on the social front, we expected that because Zimbabwe is a highly divided country, it's a highly polarized country, and the, 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 the initial, the first interviewer, Actually, as this issues to do with the Gugura Wundi massacres in the southern part of this camp, there's, there's There's been an absence, number one, from those who are in government to acknowledge that there were wrongs committed in the past and which, needs to, which need to be rectified through a Truth and Reconciliation Commission, for example. That has not happened. So on this social fabric uh, aspect of things, we are even further divided you, politically and even tribal undertones continue to, to be part and parcel of, of Zimbabwean life. So it has been a total package of failure, but monumental failure uh, by yeah. people who were given the opportunity, even by the British themselves, if, if you would remember very well, that <laughs> the, the then uh, ambassador of Britain to the, to Zimbabwe, uh, her Excellency Katriona Leung, was very much allowed uh, lobbying for, 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 for the British government to support Mr. Nangaga, when he assumed office in 2017, but the, all, the, the, the whole good news is, is completely disappeared because of the glaring evidence that is there, that these people are not different from Mr. Mugabe, that these people cannot govern differently, that these people do not walk the talk when they say they are reforming. They are not actually reforming. In actual fact, there's an English word. They are deforming, not reforming. So we we, we, we analyze them with what they have said and and, and and what they have done so far in the period that they have been... In
0: let's just quickly bring in some of the callers because it would be nice to have some of the Zimbabwean voices, particularly those are here in the country, 891 104 of course, is a social justice activist and he's giving us some of the issues that are the bedrock of what it is now that is behind essentially the civic protests that are being suppressed and the hashtag certainly on social media platforms that fast getting the necessary momentum which we do appreciate, hashtag Zimbabwean Lives Matter, but surely there are those, for instance, who would be in South Africa part of what we would refer to then in global political terms as the diaspora. What is the thinking behind your being here in South Africa? What are your thoughts as one who's outside looking in, in a country that belongs to you, but for whatever reason, you cannot live in it. I would also be interested in those who have family and relatives outside the continent, particularly in the UK, where we saw 20 years ago following the Operation Clean Up Filth, that's when President Mugabe went on a shopping spree of property in and around the city as well as in farms, in particular for Zimbabwean war veterans to take off. This was, of course, in basically entrenching oneself following the election loss of that particular period. Certainly, if not in 2001, then definitely in 2008. 0891-104-207, we are taking your calls. you, you you, you are talking about some of the core issues here, but in a minute, because we do have lines coming through, in a minute, do you think that any of what is currently taking place in Zimbabwe and has taken place for the best part of 40 years can be attributed to the non- Implementation of some of the Lancaster House agreements?
1: Not necessarily. Not necessarily. We we, we can't believe as the people in retrospect, the Lancaster House uh, the, uh, transitional period was just to 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 to, learn, to provide the country with a soft soft landing after a protracted struggle for liberation, uh, but forty years of political independence cannot then be and the, and the attendant challenges cannot then be attributed to what transpired in 1979 in a place called Lancaster. We, we have had the opportunity to self-govern, to decide our own destiny, but we have made mm-hmm. a lot of mistakes along the way. And one of the greatest mistakes that we have made is to f- the failure to develop a nation-state. You can have a country, but we, if you don't have a nation-state, that's sure. when you have, have big problems.
0: Let's take a couple of calls. I do understand I've got Advocate Prince Mafu on the line. Babu you will be immediately after the Advocate. Advocate Prince Mafu, thank you so much for joining us on the line as a Zimbabwean living in South Africa. I'd welcome your thoughts, please.
2: Thank you so much, Asunga. Good evening to your listeners as well. Um, I think when one uh, addresses issues around Zimbabwe, one does not necessarily need to look at the academic uh, analysis of what is the urban situation, but it calls for a deeper understanding of that revolutionary movement called Sanu-PF, or, or lack like thereof, because this juggernaut, at the very least at its inception, or at least post-1980, it has always showed how crude and ruthless it is. it has been is spearheaded by the current faces that we are talking about at this current moment, because you would recall that um, Mr. Munangagua, when he was uh, the Minister of State Security then post 1980, he spearheaded the massacres of of of, of people in the kukura Undi. and 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 they have always been, a, a, you know, a party that does not recognise divergent views anyone who seems to oppose or raises their voices against what they believe in is deemed an enemy and therefore he has to be eliminated. There has never been any will from uh, ZANU-PF to observe human rights, uh, to protect the um, main interests of the people. It has always been about them having, you know, to be rewarded for being, uh, I mean, involved in the struggle and and the liberation of the country. And it has always been that agenda. You see that that agenda, you know, is at the top of everything that they do because they end up toppling each other. You know, for, for 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 the sake of, of, of eating and and, and gaining uh, massing resources and, and, and looting and corruption, every other thing. It has always been at the central core of the emergence of PF since 1980. So what we're seeing now is not a surprise. It's just, I mean, history repeating itself over and over again. It is is—it is in their DNA to behave like this. Nothing is shocking if you are someone who really understands how ZANU-PF has been operating
0: since 1980 or so. Fantastic. Appreciate your thoughts the Advocate Mavum. Thoroughly, thoroughly well, pres- well observed. Babungonde in Port Elizabeth, good evening. Your thoughts, please.
4: Evening. Uh, Pugane. Uh, Pugane, I'm not You know, um was taught to be a savior. I'm afraid Zimbabwe has been let down by both the SADC and by AU simply because it's the same WhatsApp group, right? Now, there's a political economist there called Vincent Osewe. He's got COVID, you know, we very active. Someone came down in 92. Now, so with Zimbabweans and in a diaspora, highly educated, now that they know what to say. That Sadat and AU won't help them towards the same water group. Now, what is it that they must do? Isn't it because that they it's got to be a bottom up approach, right? It must be led by the people themselves, not by MDC, not by ZANU, and um, but the people themselves, what is in so Good evening.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Baba. P- Petronello, you've got a quick question for our guest as well.
3: Yes. So I wanted to ask, um, what would it take for us to have this hashtag move from just being a hashtag um, to action? So in, in summary, I'm asking you, what's the kind of support that people of Zimbabwe are looking for from, from us um, in South Africa and perhaps all over the world?
0: It's all yours, and what is it? Hi. What is it is that- are you
4: there? put
0: important. that label. Okay, no, no, we just couldn't hear you for a moment, but please do carry on. Thank you so much. So it's important that uh, the initial stage has been set online
1: using that particular hashtag. It's very important where it has attracted a lot a lot of traction. But the critical question that you're asking around the beyond moving the the, the beyond this the streets of Twitter to more practical action, I think uh, His Excellency, the President of South Africa, uh, Mr. Silvio Ramaphosa, has a massive role to play. Uh, you cannot turn a blind eye to the Zimbabwean question and the Zimbabwean crisis. Both the President of South Africa and the Chairperson of the African Union, uh, but South Africans in, in organizing civic society, organizing the media, organizing academia, also play an important role uh, to put pressure uh, on Mr. Ramaphosa to also uh, obviously become. Zimbabwe's bra- bra- uh, brother, brother's keeper because without the necessary diplomatic pressure and support at the level in the African Union level, our struggles will be, will be future. So the, the idea of the values that fa- that is, that founded the African Union, the values that founded uh, the sad uh, as the regional bloc, those are the values of Kamaradir, those are the values of solidarity, those are the values of transparency, those are the values of democratic participation in democratic governance. It is therefore imperative that the South African government, through its president, who is also chairing the African Union, puts more pressure on its Zimbabwean counterpart, together with other African leaders, and, and subject leaders in particular. But more importantly, another form of solidarity is, is, is most welcome, especially from Zimbabweans in, in the diaspora and other African nationals. And the entire world gets like, uh, the pressure on Twitter should continue, massive. That mustn't, that mustn't relent. It's very important because they are responding to what is happening on Twitter. Vanity itself is panicking to, to what, what is happening on Twitter because the entire world now, because of that particular hashtag, has actually placed its eyes on our country, not scaling the challenges of COVID-19 that the entire world is grappling. So beyond the tweet, beyond the Facebooking, we need practical solidarity in terms of putting pressure, behind the Zimbabwe embassy, your own government for those Africans listening to this particular show so that at the end of the day, the democratization of Zimbabwe will not only benefit Zimbabwe, but it will have a trickle down effect on the entire region. And if the quick entire region question. is democratized, there follows economic prosperity and which will solve our problems that we have in terms of immigration and other uh, socio-economic related matters.
0: What was it? A quick question. Ten seconds. We've only got ten seconds. Do you expect Ramaphosa yes.
1: to act? Why? He has got no option. He has got no option. He has to act because it is his moral obligation as the chairperson of the African Union to make sure that African Union member states are governed by the dictates of the African Union Charter. If no, any country sure. is in strict violation of that particular Charter, then we he should, he should, he should, he should let shape up. And he has got many no other option that to shape up and tell his counterpart to govern properly and listen to the voice of the people mr nangagwa said the voice of the people is the voice of god when he came into power now the people are speaking demanding political space president ramaphosa excellence you should also tell your counterpart and remind him of his words in november 2017.
0: excellent i appreciate that but the fact that the south african government has not issued out a formal statement is the real indictment behind why i even asked that question of whether or not president ramaphosa should act if so why all the reasons you have stated are exactly why he should act And I'm surprised, or not entirely surprised, but disappointed because all of what you said is all of which that is lost upon him, which is why the South African government has not issued out a statement in relation to what is currently taking place. Takes us back another 20 years when we expected the then president to act on Zimbabwe, but took his time in doing so. Nonetheless, the conversation this evening is over. Patronella, final comment, say goodbye to the people, please. Um, No, it's just
3: been a pleasure having this conversation with you and um i look forward to hear what's coming up and please let's all rally together and celebrate women but not just by paying lip service but actually actually pressurizing um the government and doing as much as it can to ensure that this is a meaningful and
0: that was the viewpoint good evening folks